what's the problem that I can solve that they might be trying to solve themselves, you know? So is it, how do I buy my hundredth property? Is it, how do I sell uh, my last house and, and retire and, and live off this equity for the rest of my life and hopefully that it's enough money for me, right? Those are the questions that your clients are gonna be asking. This is The Eric Hammond Show. Thanks for joining along each week as we uncover tips and strategies to help you grow your business through social media efforts like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and many other platforms. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks again for being here. I know that you're probably scrolling through your Facebook, looking at all the different ads that people are promoting today and seeing all the incredible Cyber Monday deals. I feel like Facebook Friday, or not Facebook Friday, <laughs> uh, Black Fridays turn into Cyber Monday because everything online happens now, right? Like you don't even have to go to Walmart or Best Buy or all these crazy stores and deal with all the fights and riots and things that happen. You can just shop at home in your pajamas. So anyway, hope you guys, Thanksgiving was incredible. I had a, such a fun week, just hanging out with family, watching football and eating a ton of food. and. Uh, as you are probably gonna hear in this video, we started demo on uh, the construction of our house. If you haven't been following our vlog that we do every single week, uh, they finally started on Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there on demo. And so we are demoing and jackhammering and just crazy stuff over here. So it might get kind of loud, but nonetheless, we're here to talk about Instagram today and answer your guys' top four questions. So as always, number one, how do you build an audience on Instagram? Just jumping right into it today. So how do you build an audience on Instagram? I think your first hundred followers are probably gonna be the easiest because again, their friends or family. It's like, oh, here's this new channel. Um, you know, you got all those kind of people and those connections. My personal account, we got to like 300 followers really quick because all the people that have known me and followed me for years are there and just like, hey, let me check out what's going on and what you're up to. Um, when we actually have a business Instagram account called The Orange Stack, which I know that many of you guys seen and follow. And then we also have uh, my personal brand called Eric Hammond. Well, it's actually called The Eric Hammond. So somebody took the Eric Hammond one already. Not the, but Eric Hammond. <laughs> Complicated as it is. Um, I would definitely recommend having a business brand on uh, Instagram and Facebook for that matter. And it represents your your company name, right? And like what you guys do, if you have your real estate team name, you know, unless it's called like the Eric Hammond real estate team or something like that, hopefully you didn't call it the Eric Hammond real estate team, but whatever you called it, have your business name like ours called the Orange Stack. So you have your business and you talk about everything that your business does, but then you also need a personal account, not like a private personal account that you're probably gonna share like your family stuff with and everything that you did for Thanksgiving, but more of your brand right? So who you are as a person. And the reason that you need to separate two is because you're different than your business. Even though you are the business as a real estate agent and everybody knows you and you're the brand, you still need to kind of separate those two because maybe not today, but someday in the future, you're going to hire somebody, right? You're going to have another agent on your team. You're going to have more buyer's agents and listing agents and, and a crew, really. You're going to have a massive amount of people. Hopefully that's your goal uh, someday who help you sell real estate. And when Mike Jones or John Smith or Sarah, whatever, shows up, to the door and they're repre representing your name, they're going to wonder where you are, right? So if you have a business name rather than just Eric Hammond Real Estate, uh, it helps in that conversion, right? They're going to wonder where the main talent is if somebody else shows up to that business. So that's how we did it. When we had our real estate team, you just kind of kind of think about how you're going to scale it and brand it. So that's a different story. But what I want to tell you is that you need a business brand, you need your personal brand, and then obviously you have to have a personal account to set all these things up and, and roll from there. But um, how do you grow? That's the big question that we're answering here. How do you 
Negro on Instagram. When when you first start out, um, you need to decide what direction your content is going to go, right? What who do you speak to? You got to understand your audience. One of the things that I recommend doing, which uh, we'll probably put a link to this, depending on where you're watching it, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram someday, we'll um, have a link for this so that you guys can go find it. But we actually created what we call an avatar sheet. So it allows you to really depict who you're speaking to, right? So what does that audience look like? How old are they? What are they consuming? Like book wise, magazine wise, what Facebook groups are they part of? What are their interests in life? And I'll give you a couple examples of that, how it can relate to you. But real quick, just to like sidebar the quick commercial here. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to this channel. I know the content that we share is here to help your business grow, to reach new audiences, to help you sell more real estate. So if you're following us on Facebook, definitely uh, hit the subscribe button wherever it might be. If you're watching this on YouTube later and not live, go hit the, I think it's over there. Hit the subscribe button over there uh, and be alerted of the new updates that we do. We do this show live every single Monday morning and we do our Facebook show, um, Facebook Friday, I can't think today, on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific. And I want this content to come to you. That's, again, how you get subscribers. You ask for the subscription, right? You ask people to follow along. So be sure to do that in your content as well. But as we share content, you've got to decide who you're speaking to, right? So I'll put the link, maybe not today, but in the future of where you can go and download this guide. But basically it's going to be a guide that shows you how to speak to your audience. You know, are they 40 to 50 years old? Are they 70 to 80 years old because they're retiring and selling their house and, and maybe moving into a retirement home or something like that? Are they, uh, you know, first time home buyers and looking to buy their first condo or townhouse? Are they uh, investors looking to buy their hundredth property? Who's your audience? Because that's going to depict the content and the message that you put out there. It's also going to help with the hashtags that you decide to use, which we'll talk about here in a second as well. But once you understand your audience and what they're looking for, now you have to decide what's the problem that I can solve that they might be trying to solve themselves, you know? So is it how do I buy my hundredth property? Is it how do I sell uh, my last house and, and retire and, and live off this equity for the rest of my life and hopefully that it's enough money for me, right? How do I create a turnkey property that I don't have to mow the lawn on and deal with construction ever and deal with roof leaks and water heaters and all that kind of stuff? How do I make sure when I'm buying my first home that I know what I'm doing, that I got the best loan, that I, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's? Those are the questions that your clients are going to be asking. So go back and, and look at the last however many transactions you've had. Look at as many as you can back maybe the last year or two and say, okay, what does my ideal audience look like? How old are they? Where are they in life? What types of homes are they buying? That's the kind of content that you need to start putting out there. So for example, let's just talk about the move up buyer. Okay. So they're probably 35 to 45, maybe even 50 years old. They're buying their second house. Uh, I think I bought my second house like a month after I bought my first house because it was an investment property, but different situation. Um, but you got to see like where they are in their life, right? How old are they? What's causing this move up? Is it uh, a new job? Is it maybe more income? They can get out of that townhouse. Maybe they had their first child or their third child. Um, maybe they decided, look, we're outgrowing the space. We just have a lot of stuff. Maybe they want to get out of downtown because their job changed and now they want to commute more. What's causing this second home? And think about that. Like, is it a three bedroom, two bath house? Is it a six bedroom, five bath house, right? Does it have a five car garage? Does it have a one car garage? Is the second home a townhouse and they moved up from the condo? You got to see what your audience looks like and who you can speak to. The problem is that most real estate agents, most of you guys are going to just say like, look, I want to work with everybody. I'm going to go broad. I'm going to post condos and beachfront houses and uh, mobile homes and everything in between. And you're going to miss your opportunity because they're not going to feel like you're speaking to them. If I was looking for a single family, four bedroom, two bath house, and I came across an agent who was posting million dollar homes, trailers and everything else, I'd be like, ah, they don't really understand what I'm looking for. I'm going to keep going, right? So give them what they're looking for. Now, when it comes to the actual content that you're going to put out there, obviously Instagram, 
Instagram is a very photo and video sharing platform, right? People love the engagement of the video. They love the photo. They love tapping that to get the heart. So have really pretty, well-taken photos. Instagram has made everybody a professional photographer. They got crazy filters on there. They've got all sorts of cool stickers and things that you can add to it and elements and moving things. They've got stories. There's just so many cool elements to Instagram that allows you to get the engagement that your audience is looking Again, you need to know who they are. If they're 60 years old, they're gonna be consuming Instagram differently than a 20 year old would, right? So understand where your audience is in that and what they're looking for. Are they looking for little quick 10, 15 second stories? Are they looking for pictures that they can hold down and look at for a while? Are they looking at a short video that might be two, three, four minutes long that you put in your uh, in your feed? What are they looking for in the content that you're putting out there? So now that you understand who they are and what they're looking for, put the content out there, right? So t uh, find photos of homes that represent what they're looking for. Have quotes and advice on, uh, on who they are and what they're looking for, right? So again, if they're looking for that second home, how do I qualify for my second home mortgage? You don't need to like create a huge, long, massive post, but take, take it this way for a second. If you had a picture of their dream home, right? This amazing two-story, four-bedroom, two-bath house with a green grass in the front, an amazing backyard, and you had this cool shot of that house, right? Exactly what they're looking for. It's gonna stop them in their scroll and say, ooh, there's the house that I'm looking for. You're not potentially trying to sell them a house that you might have on the MLS or that you know is available for sale. You're just trying to get them to stop scrolling. So don't worry about finding the most amazing house on the MLS that you can market because not all agents want you to share their content on from the MLS onto Instagram. You definitely need to ask permission before doing that, but just go find a great picture. If you need to use a program like Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S.com, they have a lot of cool free stock fit, uh, photos that you can use on there. Maybe you even have a cool drone shot of like of a house being uh, recorded, moving you know around the yard or something like that that you can see. But what happens is you're gonna capture them with that photo and they're gonna wanna scroll and read to see more about it. And now this is where you use the content. You've got a short amount of text that you can use. So don't go into this whole spiel about how amazing you are and about how you offer this incredible service. It needs to be about them. So you have something along the lines of, you know, are you looking for a dream home? Is this the home that you've been looking for? Tell a story. We talked about that last week uh, in one of our live videos that we did about telling a story about what they're going through. Maybe, you know, you've gone through the holidays, you're tired of, of being cramped in your condo or, you know, you gotta understand where they are. Um, are you looking for your dream home? Are you looking to make this your home? I can help you find this beautiful home. You know, we can find you exactly what you're looking for. Something that's gonna help them take the moment of, I live in a condo, I'm running out of space and we can afford now a two or a second home that's maybe four or five bedrooms and this is what we're looking for. Does that starting to make sense? So help them paint the picture of where they're going. The other element to this is the hashtags that, uh, that people are gonna be searching for. So if you're not familiar with this, people actually have searches based on hashtags. So you might search second home or two-story home or single family living or you know something that represents what they might be looking for. What's cool about Instagram is as soon as you start searching for um, these hashtags, it's gonna tell you how many posts uh, people have used with that hashtag in it. So if you have a post that has 300 hashtags being used, uh, like me, let's just say you t use the term my dream home, right? And then that maybe has more, but if you use hashtag my dream home, it might have 300 hashtags or it might have 2 million hashtags. If you use one with 300 hashtags, it's not as relatively searched, you know, and people aren't posting that um, hashtag as often. But if you use it one that has 2 million posts, it's gonna be overwhelmed and you're just gonna get lost in all the content and people aren't gonna be able to find what you're looking for. So what they're looking for. So you need a happy medium. Something with a hashtag that has like 10,000 to 100,000 uh, uses is probably ideal for what you're looking for. And obviously you're gonna have a few hashtags about your town that are gonna be a little bit more unique. For example, I grew up in a town that had 4,000 people. If I use the town name as the hashtag, there's hardly any posts about it because nobody knows where it is. Nobody's really ever heard of it. It's just a super small town. 
middle of uh, the peninsula of Northern California. Hard to believe that there's a town that small there, but that's the point. It's, it's a small town. There's not a lot of hashtag use. Not that many people are gonna be searching for it, but the locals know where I am and where it is, and they're gonna probably search for it as well. So you have the opportunity to use 30 hashtags in every single post that you have. There are tricks to get the 31 and 60 and things like that, but it just disables your um, post from being seen. So stick with 30. My goal for you is to use 20 hashtags that have to do with real estate, right? So single family homes, real estate, it could be uh, geographic stuff. Like for me, I would use like Southern California real estate, things that tie in real estate and maybe your location a bit. Then I would have five tags about your location specifically. So for me right now, I live in Carlsbad. It's in San Diego County. I would use those as the hashtags, not like Carlsbad real estate because we've already used that in the 20, but uh, Carlsbad, the city specifically. And the other five need about be about your brand and what it is that you offer, right? So, uh, you know, something like real estate agent, uh, top real estate agent of something like that, right? So focus on those for your hashtags. You might even throw in a couple wild card ones like beautiful two-story home or home of the view or beachfront living or home of the pool, things that people might be searching in that aspect as well. I would stick with probably like three to five of those hashtags. But what happens is once you post your content and you have these great hashtags, people are going to keep these hashtags on their radar. So for example, one of the hashtags that I follow, you can actually follow users like myself and you can actually follow hashtags. So whenever a uh, post is posted with a hashtag, you'll get notified of it. There's plenty of people out there who do this as well. And again, that's how you get these followers, people who follow that hashtag. So if you put Southern California real estate as your hashtag, people who follow Southern California real estate are gonna be pinged every time you make a post with this hashtag. So you see how it's all coming together. So create engaging content, have stuff that uh, your audience is actually looking for, know your audience, know the story that they're trying to live through and the problem that you're trying to solve with your content and then use great hashtags. And that's really how you get found on Instagram. That was a long, long story. I think we're like 15 minutes into this video, but there's just so much potential with Instagram right now. And I know we don't talk about it as much around here. So I really wanted to go in deep uh, in depth about how to use hashtag in your, <laughs> use Instagram in your business. The other side of it is create more stories. Um, you can actually put hashtags in your stories so people can find your stories uh, and, and get found that way as well, which is great. And the cool thing about stories is they're gone within 24 hours. So put as many of them up there as you possibly can. I would recommend, which we don't do. I'm like the hypocrite here, which we're trying to get better at, but try to create 10 to 15 stories every single day. There's those little 10 to 15 second little clips that you can put up. Sometimes they're a still image. Sometimes they're a, uh, a short video, right? So use those, be creative with them, find fun ways to just share your life. It's a good way of kind of vlogging, if you will. Uh, and your audience will keep coming back and seeing you more and more. And the more that you're seen on your stories, the further up that list of being first seen on Instagram uh, will happen for you as well. So anyway, that was a long answer. I hope that that works for you. I know we're going to get into more Instagram content uh, as we move on into 2020 because it's just such an amazing platform right now and has such potential for growth. The last thing I guess I'll put on there is uh, you only have the option of using one URL at a time and it's in your bio. You can't put like websites in your post. If you don't know that, you can only have it in your bio. So if you have a new listing or if you have an article that you want to share on Instagram, say link in the bio and talk about it in that actual post. And then in your bio, you can change that every single day. You can change that a few times. Just know though, if you make a post and you mention it, and then the next day you make another post and you mention a different link, the people from yesterday's uh, post aren't going to be able to see the link because you changed it. So just be aware that you don't want to change it too often because maybe posts will get more virality as the day goes on. But I would recommend maybe changing that link two or three times a week at the most, maybe even once a week. 
Okay, so use that uh, for not for us. Like we bring people to YouTube and Facebook and to our blog and other places that we want to share content with. But anyway, realize what you guys want to put in that URL because it's the only place you can get clicks from. Okay, question number two: What keeps you from following your passion? And this is such an interesting question for me because the reason that I'm doing the business that we're in is because I am literally following my passion. We sold our real estate team. It's almost been three years. It's crazy. In January, well, maybe February first, I think it was. We sold our business three years ago, and the reason why is because I was doing what I really enjoyed, but it wasn't my passion. I loved working on in a real estate team. I loved doing what I was doing. I loved selling houses and working with clients and figuring out that business as much as I did at that moment. But then there became a time where I didn't love it. And for me, because I am self-employed and because I get to choose what I do every single day, I have to be passionate about what I do. I wasn't passionate about selling real estate as much as I am about helping you guys build your real estate team. Again, if you guys don't know me too well, I wasn't the one that went out and met with clients every single day. I wasn't the buyer's agent. I wasn't a listing agent. I was the, the gears behind the whole scene that helped it move forward. I put us in front of people. I generated our leads. I ran our website. I helped host our events. I was the one that helped us grow and, and get that success. And the other agents on our team were the ones that actually had the, the transactions that happened every single month. So that's the part that I love, okay? Uh, and, and maybe some of you guys will understand this, but I don't love meeting with the homeowner. I don't love showing houses. I don't love being that listing agent. That's just not me. And so for me, I had to do what made me excited, thrilled to get up every single morning, right? Getting out of bed is one of the hardest things for some people to do. Uh, and if you have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, it means that you don't love what you do. For me now, there are some hard days, but I'm still super passionate about what I get to do. I love uh, helping you guys grow your business. I love doing these types of shows where I get to answer your guys' questions. I love learning about technology and showing you new ways to do things. So for me, I'm always following my passion. I always have to have that uh, top of my radar. There's something I read a while ago that said after 30 days, if you don't love the direction your business is going, or if you aren't passionate about it or aren't excited about it, you need to change direction. You need to have a shift. Even if it means hanging up your hat and doing something completely different. It's happened to me many, many times. You have to make that realization and wake up and do that. So not to talk you out about of your business, but you got to really be passionate about it. Uh, it just makes work so much easier, right? It's not work anymore. It's just something that's fun. So think about that. Anyway, for me, I would just say, do what you love um, and you'll never have to work another day in your life. You just get to wake up and do the things that you enjoy. For me, the fact that I can get paid to help you guys uh, and to bring people to the level that they want to and to hold you guys accountable uh, and to help honestly just help you guys build your dreams is just such an incredible blessing for me. So that's what I love to do. Plus, I get to work from home, which is awesome. And plus, I get to take time off whenever I get to choose to, right? I'm not a W-2 employee. I don't have um, an office that I have to show up to every single day. I could take a month off if I could work that out. I can I can travel. I can do the things that I want to do. And that's probably why a lot of you guys got into being self-employed and entrepreneur of selling real estate because you can choose to work when you want to work and you can choose to do what you want to do. If you want to take a week off during December to hang out with your kids or go skiing or whatever you want to do, you get to do it. That's the cool part about being self-employed. So figure out a way to make that work for you uh, and find that passion and the part of it that makes you excited, excited, right? There's so many different things if you want to be in real estate that you can choose to do. It doesn't have to be buying and selling homes for clients. It could be investing in real estate or being a property manager or being the business side of it, right? Like again, I physically, I think I sold, I don't know, two homes in like three years, like where my license was being used. I just wasn't that person. So a lot of you guys have gone and looked up my record to see like what I've actually done for volume wise. And it's just not there. Like I think I sold a three and a half million dollar house in La Jolla because we were double ending it. And that's just how we had to deal with our license. Sold a few houses since then for friends and things like that. But for the most part, like I was the business. I wasn't the real estate agent in that relationship of our team. So that worked for me uh, for a while. <laughs> At least then, and here I am now, three years later. So anyway, that's question number two. Let's get into question number three. How can I grow as a business? 
business owner. And I think that really ties into question number two, doing what you love, right? How can I grow? If I don't love what I do every day, I'm gonna put in the minimal amount of work, right? I'm gonna show up late for work. I'm gonna leave early from work. And during that time, I'm gonna be distracted on YouTube or playing on my phone or doing things that I probably care about more than work. So if I wanna be a successful business owner, I've gotta do things that I wanna do. The second part of this is doing the things that you're actually good at. So I'll give you an example. There's a guy in my backyard right now who owns a demo company. His name's Israel and he's about 30 years old and he's doing a phenomenal job, okay? So the difference that I see in Israel is that a lot of guys will show up to do demos. So they're taking out this huge concrete patio in our backyard so we can add on a new kitchen. Um, a lot of guys in his position who are young, who have a crew, they would come over with a bunch of sledgehammers and, and beat the heck out of that patio until it all breaks up and they can demo it out that way, right? They do a lot of manual labor. They might make more money because they have less overhead, but it might take them a week to do it. So it's kind of a, a weird variation. However, Israel, he brings over this bobcat this morning at 7 a.m. and it's got this huge like jackhammer thing on the front. They had to rent this uh, bobcat for probably about $1,000 for the day. And now his crew of four guys come in and, and they get this thing done in two days. And that's the difference, right? So these guys know what they're doing. He knows what he's best at. He's not driving the bobcat. He's organizing these guys. He's keeping them all doing the things that they're best at. He's the one that goes out and bids jobs and sells them and has that relationship. Um, he speaks English. He speaks Spanish. He's great with his customers. And he knows how to manage his team really, really well. He's got a great business. For being 30 years old, this guy is going to go far in life. He's going to be a super successful small business owner, which I'm, I'm excited to watch him. Like This is the first time I've ever met him. And I'd love to just kind of see where his life goes over the next decade or two. But that's how you guys need to be in your business. There's going to be things that you're great at. And there's going to be things that you're terrible at. You need to find somebody to delegate the things that you're terrible at. There might be things in your business that you have to do, which you just have to do, that you're terrible at. And you got to get through that. Can't think of any examples for me right now, but I'm terrible at some things, but I have to do them, right? Other things on our team, I can delegate. Like I like to video edit, but I'm not great at it. And I know that there's guys who are way better at it and faster at it. Um, and it's going to cost me money to hire them, but I can do more stuff. I can do higher income producing activities if I delegate the things that I'm not great at. So back to real estate, for me, I knew that I'm not the greatest with meeting people face to face to help them sell their house, right? To go on that listing appointment and to try to get that listing. I am not the best person for that job. There's people who are more outgoing, more charismatic, can listen to their situation better, answer their questions better, explain that contract better than I can. And we hired them and, and they worked really, really well. They were great at closing. I would say for every 10 appointments we would go on, we'd probably get about six listings. Like we were that good. Um, but I was better at systems and organization and our CRM and managing the repeating tasks and better at lead generation and better at training people to be on the phone and better at holding people accountable. So I did those things. That's what I was paid for. That's what I was better at. And, and you just got to know in your business exactly what you're the best at and focus on those things and delegate the rest. That's how you become a better business owner and grow and expand that and understanding where you want to go, right? We talked about that at the very beginning of this video is where do I want to go? You know, what does the next 10 years look like for me? Um, I've been in real estate now for a decade and looking back at the beginning of 2009, when I became self-employed, I don't think I could have envisioned living where I live now, doing the things that I do now and, and seeing that. It's hard to look forward a decade, but it is good to have goals. I had goals back then. They're completely different than what they are now. And they don't even line up with where I was thinking of back then, but they change and that's okay. But the point is, is to have a goal, have something that you're trying to reach. Cause if you just live each day and try to get to the next day, you're not really going to have a 
a path and you're just gonna not really know left or right, right? When the fork comes up in the road, you're not gonna know which way to go. But if you have a goal and you say, I wanna sell 100 homes per year and right now I'm at 10, well, I can't go from 10 to 100 in one year. I mean, I might be able to, but probably not. So how, do I'm, how am I gonna go from 10 to 30 and from 30 to 80 and from 80 to 200, right? And like have those goals. Figure out how you're gonna make that work. And once you have that goal in mind, you can take the action steps to get there and you're gonna know what's required in your business to get there, okay? That's how you grow a business, honestly. Just have a goal, delegate what you're not great at, uh, focus on your strengths and go deep on those things and get better and better and better at them, okay? Question number four. Okay, this is a fun one too. How do I stand out as a real estate agent with all the changes that are coming to our market? This is a tricky one because so many of you guys have the shiny object syndrome and I will admit I have that too. Meaning that when something new comes up, a new lead generation tactic, a new program, a new toy, a new something, shiny, 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 you're gonna get all distracted and you're gonna wanna go check that thing out and you're gonna wanna try it because it's gonna be claimed to be the best thing ever to help you succeed at your business, right? Again, if you don't know where your goals are, everything can be a distraction. They're gonna pull you away from where you need to go. But if you clearly know exactly where you're trying to get to and the steps that you have to get there, you're gonna see tools that are gonna help you, right? Like let's say if you work down all the numbers and your goal was to contact 100 people a day and you said, okay, well, right now I'm on a cell phone and I have to physically call all 100 people and it takes me four hours to call 100 people. I'm just throwing out numbers because I don't know that number anymore. But let's say it takes me four hours to call 100 people. That's 25 uh, people per hour. I think that's actually pretty high for a cell phone. I've done that too, but I think that could probably happen. Um, and if you said, okay, well, how can I make that happen in an hour? What are some things that are gonna help me get there? Well, if you said, if I got a dialer and it cost me you know, $100 a month, but I could call 100 people in 40 minutes, that saves me three hours and 20 minutes of my time. That's worth $100 an hour, right? So now you've got to do the math and say, okay, for $100 a month, that makes sense. It's a good investment. It's getting me in the right direction. So some tools are going to completely distract you and pull you away because they're going to introduce something new that maybe you're not comfortable with or not familiar with. There's going to be a huge learning curve to figure out. Other tools, like again, if you're on the phone every single day and you're great at calling, are going to be a quick plug-in. Let me just figure out how to load my numbers in. Let me figure out how to get this to tie into my CRM so I can take notes. And boom, 40 minutes later, you call all your 100 people. Now you have an extra three hours to your day. How incredible is that? Those are the things that are going to help you progress and get to the next level. But again, if I don't know my goals and I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to see that tool and be like, ooh, shiny object. Let me try it out. And I don't know if it's going to help me or not. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But there's going to be other things just like that that will pull you away from the direction where you want to go. So you got to clearly know exactly what you want to do. The other thing I would say is that technology is changing, right? Uh, we're living in a social media world. We're definitely doing a lot more stuff online. If you've been fighting the online movement and you've been holding back on using social media, and if you haven't figured out what to say on social media yet, you've got to embrace it, right? Social media is not going away. There's almost 8 billion people in the world, like a third of them are on social media. And I don't know about your demographic and who you're working with, but you've got to understand my audience is getting to be online and I need to communicate with them and I need to share content with them and I need to build that relationship. I feel, at least I do, this is my point of view. I feel the days of buying cold leads from Zillow and Realtor and all the other places that are selling these, you know, 50 cent to $20 per lead places are gonna struggle because that relationship with you and that cold lead are so hard to convert. The conversion rate right now, uh, and it's been this way at least for the past three or four years, is about 1%. One out of every 100 leads that you buy, you'll convert. So you just gotta do the math and make sure it works for you. But I feel like that number is getting worse and worse and worse. It's getting down to like a half a percent for some of you, even more so for others. The leads aren't great, right? But the things that we teach are to build a relationship with your clients, to have them calling you, right? Instead of you cold calling for four hours a day and trying to reach the numbers that you're trying to reach, what if all day long you just 
just had appointments to go on. Every day you woke up and you looked at your calendar and like, oh cool, well I'm meeting with the Smiths today and the Joneses at two o'clock and then I gotta go over to the, you know, whoever's at five o'clock and the appointments set up themselves. That's the type of relationship that we help you guys build with your leads and your clients. We want you to attract the dream clients out there so that you don't have to chase them down. They're wanting to work with you, right? They should be lined up waiting for you to show up at their house and sell their house. I know agents who have a waiting list because they're so busy that they can't help everybody on their list that people want to work with them. Um, but because they're busy, there's a waiting list to get there and they know that they're willing to wait for that agent because they're fantastic. And that's how you guys should be too, right? You should be able to pick and choose the clients that you want to work with. You shouldn't have to chase them down and harass them and call them 17 times until they finally say either stop calling me or fine, I'll work. It should be the other way around. They should be chasing you. They should want to work with you. And that's the goal, okay? I don't cold call anymore. I used to uh, for our business. I used to call you guys. I used to pick up the phone. I would download list of agents and I would call you and say, hey, I see your real estate agent. I would love to work with you. I know you get those calls every single day from coaches out there and other lead generation companies. Uh, and it was a tough call, right? And I knew my numbers and I was pretty decent on the phone. Um, but everything in my business turned when we set up a funnel and we set up uh, lead generation tactics that allowed you guys to come through our system and spit out the other end as clients who wanted to work with us. Now I do my thing. I create our show. We create our lead magnets. We create our funnel. We create our sales landing pages and you guys come through the system. And at the other end of it is booked calls on my calendar so that at a certain time in a certain place, I call you and you've been waiting for me and we talk about your marketing. We talk about your business and I show you how we can help you guys get to the next level. And that's how our business works. And that's how you guys can uh, set up your business as well, right? Your clients will be waiting for you saying, oh my gosh, we've been waiting forever for Mike, the real estate agent to call us to show us how we can sell our house for more money. I'm sure that's what you guys want. I'm sure you guys want to hang up the phone and stop having a cold call every single day and stop having to buy leads from Zillow and Realtor and everywhere else that's selling them right now uh, and try to work with your dream clients. Because who wants to work with a cold lead when you can work with somebody who actually wants to work with you, who will listen to your advice uh, and hire you to be the advocate for them. So really that's, that's what it takes to compete in this market. Do something that nobody else is doing. Offer a service that nobody else is providing. Be unique, right? Stop chasing the leads. Have them come to you. Okay. That's, that's my advice. Anyway, this has been a good show. Hope you guys are enjoying your Cyber Mondays, enjoying your weeks. A lot of content to think about today. Hope you guys are doing well in your business. I appreciate you guys following along. Definitely, if you're watching this as a replay, definitely join us uh, Mondays and Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific as we do this show and our Facebook Friday show. Um, appreciate you guys being here. And as always, we are in the last, not as always, but just something to think about. We're in the last month of 2019 and 2020 is coming in strong. So what are you guys going to do different next year that you haven't been doing? Something that's been weighing on your mind that is holding you back from doing the things in real estate. Subscribe to our channel. Keep coming back. Keep listening to our podcasts. Keep watching our content. I know that we're going to help you get the business that you want in 2020 and I'm excited to help you guys get there. Okay. Well, until next week, I'll see you then. Be safe. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on today's show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get these podcasts delivered to you every week as we share strategies on how to grow your business with social media. I'm Eric Hammond of the Orange Stack. We'll see you next time.